0: This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets.
1: Hello, and welcome to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Thank you for joining us. We're your hosts. My name is Marcy Davis. And my co-host is my hard-working service dog, Lovey. And we're thrilled to be with you today to talk about our favorite subject, working dogs and working animals. And today we're going to be visiting with Christine Benninger. And she is the CEO of Guide Dogs for the Blind. And we're so excited that she's with us today because she's going to talk with us about National Guide Dog Month. And she's also going to share a really cool thing that's happening right now with their partnership with Natural Balance, where they are honoring the 2016 top human canine teams who make us believe. So we are so excited to hear about all these awesome things that Guide Dogs for the Blind are up to. And Christine's going to fill us in. So come right back after these quick messages.
0: We'll be right back right after these messages. Stay tuned.
1: Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. We're so excited to welcome Christine Benager to the show. Hello, Christine, and welcome. Hi,
0: Marcy. Thanks so much for having me.
1: Oh, we're so excited you could be with us and tell us about all the cool things that you guys have going on right now because it is Guide Dog Month, right?
0: You know, it is Guide Dog Month, and we're partnering with Natural Balance. Natural Balance is the dog food that we actually feed our guide dogs, and it's important for us to make certain that our dogs start their life and have on the best food possible and continue on that for their entire working life. So we're thrilled to be partnering with Natural Balance this month. Our goal is to raise visibility around the amazing work that guide dogs do.
1: Yeah, well tell us, so, so you guys are one of the incredible programs that place guide dogs. How many do you place a year, Christine?
0: So we place between 300 and 350 teams a year. We're the largest guide school in the Northern Hemisphere between, you know, United States and Canada, and we're the second largest in the world.
1: Wow, that's awesome! Well, I just love the work that you guys do, and and you your organization and uh, several others really started the whole assistance dog movement when you guys started training dogs to assist people who are blind, which is just so incredible and we love that you guys now have a month where you're celebrating guide dogs for the whole month of September. So where did Guide Dog Month come from? You
0: know, Guide Dog Month was actually the inspiration of the co-founder of Natural Balance, Dick Van Patten. And Dick had the opportunity to work under blindfold with a guide dog, and he was so inspired by that particular opportunity that he decided to found National Guide Dog Month.
1: Oh, that's beautiful. Well, it is until you've had one of those experiences where you really, you get a little glimpse into what it is for someone to experience that. That's that's so great that he took that experience and created something so cool out of it that could be commemorated every year. That's so beautiful. Well, Tell us, Christine, about what are some of the things that you guys train your guide dogs to do for a person. Tell us a little bit about that.
0: You know, one of the things that I think people don't realize is that guide work is the highest form of service work. And it's the most complicated. And the reason it is is because guide dogs have to think independently of their particular handler. And what that means is is that if they're given a command that would potentially put their handler in harm's way. They have to disobey that command. And we call that intelligent disobedience. So if a guide dog is given a command to cross the street and there is a car coming around the corner, and oftentimes, particularly now with the electric cars, you can't hear them, The dog has to actually not take the person across the street, but back them up out of harm's way. It takes a very confident and a very special dog to be able
1: to to do that kind of work.
0: So they're all pretty amazing.
1: Wow, I just have so much respect for guide dogs and for trainers, because that intelligent disobedience, wow, that is really, I mean, as a handler myself for over two decades, I have so much respect for that, that, that guide dogs do have to make decisions. And you're right, I can't imagine the confidence that they must have in order to override what their human partner is asking them to do. That's just so, talk about awe-inspiring, that really is right there, wow. Well, how long is the training process when someone wants or needs a guide dog, what do they have to go through and how long does it take before they can be a team together?
0: So we actually, we breed all of our own dogs. So the creation of a guide dog actually starts at the DNA level. We start guide training when the puppies are five days old.
2: And <laughs> oh, so that, <laughs> it's, So oh, adorable.
0: Wow. Um, we continue that intensive socialization process for the first 10 weeks when they are here on campus with us. And then that training is extended for the next year with our puppy raisers. And we have 2,000 puppy raisers across the 10 western states as far east as Texas. At the age of approximately 15 months, the dogs come back to one of our campuses. We have a campus, a training campus here in San Rafael, California and one outside of Portland in a little town called Boring, Oregon. And the guide training work takes 10 weeks, and once the uh, dog is trained to be a guide dog with one of our experienced trainers, then they are paired with their individual and the people that people then come to our campus and live on our campus for another two weeks to train with their guide dog.:
1: Wow. And so, how long is the application process when someone applies for a guide dog? Is it pretty a quick turnaround, or do they have to wait an extended amount of time?
0: So, the application process is, it really depends on the individual. When somebody applies to the school, the first thing that happens is that they get a phone call from one of our admissions staff. To go through their application. And, you know, what we're looking for are two things. We're looking for someone who has the required level of orientation and mobility skills to use a guide dog. And we also are looking for people who have a need for a guide dog. Because guides need to be worked on a daily basis, otherwise they lose their skills. So, there's initially a, an interview that takes place over the phone. And if that all goes well, then we actually send someone out to your home. And the objective there is for us to learn a little bit more about your home environment, your routes that you are doing on a daily basis, and the type of dog you're going to be needing. Because what we want to do is really tailor the training of the dog and also the dog's personality to your specific needs. And then depending upon, you know, what your needs are. For some people, their needs, we need a very, very specific dog in order to meet their needs. And sometimes that can take up to a year. For other people, we may, you know, it may be a lot easier to match them with uh, somebody that we have. And so that could be anywhere from three to six months.
1: Yeah, well, that's really pretty fast considering the level of the advanced level of training that the dogs need, so that's pretty great. I know when I got my first service dog, they told me it would be a four-year waiting list, so I'm glad to hear that people don't have to wait that long and that people now don't have to wait that long, but but it is such a specific things that you're looking for in such an advanced level. Of review well and you have some incredible guide dog teams and we have enjoyed so much sharing a lot of their photos on Instagram so thank you guys so much for sharing that with us Christine but we've loved sharing that with our listeners of your top human canine teams who make us believe so tell us more about some of those folks and how they were selected
0: you know I will tell you that every single one of our graduates is an amazing, amazing individual and each one of our teams is special, so I will say it was really difficult to actually even coming up with a few select individuals. But the people who have been chosen, we felt their own personal story was very inspirational and compelling. They represented Guide Dogs for the Blind exceptionally. And we just felt that that relationship that they had with their guide and the incredible things that that team could do together was really inspirational for people, whether you need a guide dog or not, just inspirational in life.
1: Yeah, well, we have really enjoyed seeing their photos of them out and about and living their lives, which I know it's so interesting because people think that people with disabilities aren't out in Times Square by themselves, you know, and different places. So it's so cool to see them enjoying their life and living their life to the fullest. And they can do that because they have this amazing guide dog that can enable them to be so much more independent. So we're so glad that you're honoring, and I can't imagine how hard it was to narrow it down and to select the folks that you selected. Can you tell our listeners a little bit more? I know we're really excited to have David Cooper, who will be joining us after the break, but are there some other stories that come to mind, Christine, that you'd like to share with us about this year's honorees? We have some
0: amazing individuals. A couple of, of the individuals that uh, we've highlighted, I think uh, Melissa Hudson lives down in your area, down in uh, the Los Angeles area. Um, Melissa is an incredible traveler. She and her husband and her guide, Camry, have traveled, I think now they've said to five of the seven continents. Wow. Planet. And in fact, uh, last year actually took a trip to Korea where she brought Camry and they had an absolutely fantastic time. But Melissa is somebody that actually I know and really love because nothing actually stops Melissa <laughs> from. <laughs> accomplishing anything in life. She has the most um, amazing attitude and feels that she, with Camry by her side, she can do literally anything, and she does. She absolutely does. Um, Oh, that's fabulous. David's a a wonderful individual, and I look forward to having the opportunity to speak with David. David also travels all over the world. Um, He lives in New York, and personally, I have difficulty negotiating the streets of New York. I have no idea how David <laughs> is able to do that, but he does that exceptionally well. Absolutely exceptionally
1: well. It's impressive. Tom it Kowalski. is.
0: Oh, they're all, they're all impressive. Tom, Tom Kowalski is another one of our graduates, and he is training to climb Mount Rainier uh, next summer is my understanding. So I think you know your point, Marcy, about the fact that guide dogs gives an individual confidence essentially to live their life the way that they want to live their life is really, really true. And we see this over and over and over again with our graduates, that they're living full, exciting, extensive lives in the ways that they want to live their life, and don't feel that they have to hold back um, one little bit.
1: That's so beautiful, and that's just—that's the whole reason for, for the work that you're doing, right? I mean, that's really it, and you said it so beautifully. Thank you so much, Christine, and and we really are so glad that you could take the time to be with us today out of your busy schedule, and before you have to leave us, I was hoping that you could tell our listeners how they can get more information about Guide Dogs for the Blind, about National Guide Dog Month. And about Natural Balance and this year's um, 2016 Top Human Canine Teams Who Make Us Believe program.
0: Thank you. So to learn more about National Guide Dog Month and about Natural Balance and about these amazing guide teams, you can go to the Natural Balance website, which is naturalbalanceinc.com guidedogs guide dogs. And to learn more about Guide Dogs for the Blind, you can go to guidedogs.com.
1: Great. Well, we will have that information on our website so our listeners can easily access that. And we will continue throughout the month to be sharing these beautiful photos of working like dogs on Instagram. So we're really excited to continue sharing those. And thank you so much, Christine, for the work that you're doing and for all the lives that you're changing with these incredible guide dogs. So thank you so much. And we hope you'll come back and join us again.
0: Thank you so much, Marcy. I'd love to join you again, but thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to talk about the amazing work that we're doing.
1: Well, it is our pleasure. Thank you. Well, we are going to take just a quick break and hear some important messages from our sponsor. And then we're going to welcome David Cooper and his guide dog Parnelli to the show. So come right back after these quick messages.
0: We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. When I adopted her, she was a mess. Scabs, itching, licking, missing fur, hot spots, a thin, dull coat. So I take the dog to the vet for the standard run-of-the-mill tests and treatments. No results. (laughs) I hear your
1: advertisement on the radio.
0: D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E
1: dot com. 859-428-1000. So I get the five-pound box of Dynavite and
0: the Licko Chops within a four-week total. Instead of a German Shedder, I have a German Shepherd. Sheba is a 105 lean pounds of shiny, smooth, happy dog for life because she gets fed Dynavite. And the results, they're just incredibly outstanding. And she loves it. When you rescue a dog, you have to do the right thing. You've got to feed them right for life. Do the Dynavite. (gasps) Dynavite for life.
1: 859-428-1000. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com.
0: Let's talk pets.
1: Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio.
0: PetLifeRadio.com. Radio.com.
1: Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. And we were so excited to visit with Christine Beniger from Guide Dogs for the Blind, and we're really thrilled that one of the amazing guide dog teams that Christine was talking about during the first part of our show is now joining us. And it's my pleasure to welcome David Cooper and his guide dog Parnelli to the show. Hello, David, and welcome.
2: Hi, thanks for having me.
1: Well, we're so glad that you could be with us. And it's so exciting that you guys have been named one of the top human canine teams who make us believe. Congratulations.
2: Thanks so much. Yeah, it's been a great opportunity.
1: Yeah. Well, tell us about Parnelli. When did you guys become a team and what was that process like for you?
2: Parnelli and I first became a team July 12th, about six years ago. And he was my third guide dog. But, uh, this time, uh, a trainer from Guide Dogs for the Blind actually brought him to New York City, and so the introduction was made in my apartment in New York, and it's obviously a pretty big and moving uh, experience to meet your dog for the first time. So it was, uh, it was really interesting to have that happen in my apartment and in New York City. Parnelli was trained in Oregon, so they do as much work as they can trying to get them ready to be trained in the new environment that they're going to, but obviously very hard to replicate New York City, so it was a a very big change for him, and it was a great opportunity for us to meet each other and uh, learn New York City together.
1: Yeah, wow, wow. So that's so great that they brought him to you, because Christine was talking about how people have to go to the facility for a couple of weeks for their training, but that's so great that they brought him to you so that you didn't have to do that.
2: Because of my job and because of my time constraints, um, sometimes Guide Dogs is able to Provide in home training. So, in my case and for my situation, and also because I was in New York City and just the type of environment that Parnelli had to work in, it was important to have the training done in New York City rather than in one of the campuses for guide dogs. So, sometimes on a lucky uh, case, they're able to to bring the dog and do in-home training, which is what I was provided.
1: Yeah, well, I love it when programs are flexible like that. That's wonderful. Well, tell our listeners about your life, David. What do you do, and what's your typical day like for you and Parnelli?
2: I work in finance, and I grew up in Aspen, Colorado, and lived in, and went to college in Colorado for for a long time, but I moved to New York City about 10 years ago for a job change. And so my typical day in my current situation is I typically, I live in midtown Manhattan and I work pretty close, although I have to take a bus. So I take the bus to and from work every day. And obviously there's challenges that come up in New York City Street all the time. So Parnelli, although he knows my block and, and the block that I work on, kind of getting in between, there's so many changes all the time. So it's kind of a new experience almost every day, navigating the streets and navigating the sidewalks and all the different noises and obstacles that we have to face. So it's always kind of a a challenge each day to get to and from work or to and from clients or to and from wherever I'm going. I'm also pretty social and also have a pretty... Uh, my social calendar for work, as far as uh, meeting clients out, is also kind of important. So uh, Parnelli is able to really help me get through all those challenges on a daily basis and kind of new obstacles and construction and all kinds of stuff on a New York City street. So he uh, is you know kind of new for both of us every day, but also you know, we're pretty confident in each other. So it's it's easy to kind of get to where we need to go when we need to go there. And it's it's amazing to have that luxury of having a guide dog to be able to do that on a daily basis.
1: Yeah, that's so wonderful. Well, I'm so glad to hear that you guys are living such a full and exciting life. That sounds awesome, living in New York and and getting to enjoy all of those social things and having your career. I love that. Well, tell us about how did you find out that you have been selected as one of the teams who make us believe? How did that happen?
2: I try and do um, a fair amount of work with Guide Dogs just because, you know, as an organization, I really feel like I wouldn't really be able to do what I do today or accomplish many things that I accomplished without having a Guide Dog, and and I was able to do that because of an organization like Guide Dogs for the Blind, so I feel like I'm able to kind of give back to them whenever possible, so I do some speaking for them at at charitable events and, and fundraising events, and so when I found out that this was a possibility that Natural Balance had done a lot of work with guide dogs and that that there was an opportunity to kind of do work with both Natural Balance and Guide Dogs for the Blind, I was able to uh, fill out a survey kind of talking about some different things about what a dog means to me or what my relationship with my dog is and also kind of what I would want the public to know about my dog. And so based on those questions and my answers in my life, I was selected as one of the teams to help Natural Balance and Guide Dogs hopefully represent what that means to me and how it changes and impacts my life.
1: Yeah. Well, so tell us, what did you put on your application for what you wanted the public to know about your dog?
2: I think in my case, because I interact with so many different environments and so many different parts of the public, the one thing that I had put that I want the public to know is just, you know, that guide dogs are not only, you know, a tool for me to get around, but also a function of the fact that if I want to go somewhere I have to get there with my dog. So getting into places like restaurants and I travel a lot on airplanes and taxis and Ubers and all these different types of kind of public places That I'm not just bringing my dog because I want to bring my pet with me. That I I would not be able to get there or do the things that I do without without having Parnelli. So I think the one thing that I want the public to know is that they're well trained animals and they, by law, are allowed to be in a number of different places that most dogs aren't allowed. And having the public just know that that's why I'm bringing my dog there and that's how I got my dog to be there and that they're going to be well trained and behaved well and I think that as long as you know the more and more awareness the public has that that I'm you know not there just just cuz I want my pet dog with me but because I'm there because it's it's a dog has changed my life to make you know give me my independence back and that's how I and that's why I'm there and that's why he's there with me so that was my answer to that question.
1: Well thank you so much for sharing that with us. I just I can't thank you enough for that because I certainly can agree with you because having my own service dog, which is very different from a guide dog, but being partnered with a service dog for so long, I completely agree with you that I can't get out and do the things that I do without Lovey helping me and enabling me to be more independent. So I just really appreciate you sharing that with our listeners and you saying that so articulately of what that relationship is because we all love dogs. We love our dogs and family dogs, but it's very different, as you know so well, that relationship between an individual with a disability and their assistance dog. And especially for guide dogs, as Christine was explaining to us, how they actually make decisions and and really are the, the highest trained of assistance dogs. So that is just, it's so beautiful and so dear, and it is enabling so thank you. Thanks for sharing that. So no I, want, yeah, no, I think I, it's
2: it's really. I think it is really important. And I think you know one of the things that I talk about a lot is that you know, just having a service dog or in my case a guide dog, I think, really gives me the confidence to be able to independently travel and knowing that you know I can get to where I need to get to when I want to go there and not be um, you know held back by really any <laughs> obstacle is really important to me. So I think that's what really makes it important to let everyone else know that, you know, service dogs are really servicing the the people that they are with for a reason, and and it's important that that, you know, reason gets dictated across the public for their knowledge as well.
1: Well, tell us about one of your favorite trips together. Does one Um, come to mind?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I travel a lot for work, just as, I mean, kind of as an example, I I started um, in 2000 working in, in a job in Denver in finance, and I had a different dog at the time, and I so One story I like to tell is that I I, my, I was in my one of my, my first jobs, and my boss called me into her office and said that she wanted me to go to New York City and and see some clients, as my new sales job sort of dictated. And she said, you know, was that going to be a problem? And I looked at her and I said, no, that's not a problem at all. I I see no issue with that. And at the time, I really hadn't gone anywhere since I'd lost my sight where someone wasn't really on the other side to pick me up or meet me and of course you know i picked new york city as my as my first venture into independent alone travel so i probably could have picked maybe a little easier destination but that wasn't really uh an option for me so as i walked out of my, her office you know thinking to myself how on earth was i going to be able to do that i really was confident in the, you know because of my relationship with my guide dog uh, tacoma at the time that i was you know really kind of had the confidence to know that i could attempt this challenge and fly to New York City and see all these different clients around the city and independently travel and safely travel. And I think because of the confidence that we had as a team, and I kind of emphasize that word team a lot in, in this sense, I was able to fly to New York by myself, you know, visit these clients, you know, go out to dinners and then and get back to Denver at the time. I think that was one of the you know, biggest sort of kind of moving trips for my life because, uh, since then, I think I've flown over 1.3 million miles, so, so that that was trip one, and uh, I've done obviously a fair amount of trips since then, but I think because of the, you know, the team aspect and the confidence aspect that I had, it enabled me to sort of take on a challenge that I really did not know if I was going to be able to complete, and have since obviously completed many more of those types of trips.
1: That's fantastic. I love that. Well, and so what would you say, David, what advice would you give to someone about building that relationship with your assistance dog and building that trust? What do you think was the key for you with your dogs?
2: I think, you know, I lost my sight when I was 17 in a a ski racing accident. So I really didn't have much, obviously, mobility training in in using a cane or anything like that prior to to getting a dog. I I spent time to kind of learn enough mobility to get a dog. And I think, you know, having the the trust factor of really, you know, not using a cane or not using a, a person, I think you have to really kind of bond with the dog and understand that you're in this together and you're both have, you know, the same goal in mind, but that, you know, I need to help uh, Tacoma at the time, and he needed to help me, and so I think that the trust of knowing that we're going to get there together and we're going to figure this out as a team, I think, is is the important part of that process. So I think trust and and really kind of feeling like you know you're you're in it together and and you're both going to accomplish the goal in the easiest way possible, and I think we both get the same feeling, you know, on the first trip, which was when I was in Guide Dogs, you know, my first time at, at school and training, getting to the first location that we had to get to was really rewarding, and, and the interesting thing is that now I'm, you know, sort of 19 or 20 years down the road here, and I still get the same feeling when we, we get to the place that we want to go. You know, he, Parnelli, wagging his tail, like, yeah, we got there. We're doing good, and I'm and I'm smiling, and we both kind of got there together. So I think the feeling that the dog gets for Accomplishing his goal and the feeling that I get in accomplishing my goal is is really a, a great feeling and it's not something that goes away even from the first time I I got to the, to a place independently by myself to you know getting to work each day or or whatever you know goal or challenge I have on a daily basis the, the same feeling still exists twenty years down the road of him him wagging his tail and, and me wagging mine I guess
1: <laughs> I love that that's wonderful well and so what would you say to someone who's thinking about getting a guide dog to a young person who's just starting their career? What would you say to them about if they're trying to decide? Because I know I've talked with some young people that they really are unsure if they should get a guide dog or not. What would your words of wisdom be to them, David?
2: I think that a couple factors are, you know, that I feel are really important in having a guide dog. And, you know, one of them is that I think, you know, repetition and also they get used to your life and where you go. And so, you know, when I'm walking down my block to go home, using a cane obviously is functional and it's possible to do and get places that you need to get to. But having a dog, you know, he walks, you know, right into my front door all the time. Or if I'm going to the gym, he like knows that's right to that door and he gets used to, you know, your your life and it just makes it a lot easier to get places, When you're trying to get there. And I think the other aspect is that we can move very independently in a very fast pace. I can travel you know I walk probably faster than most you know sighted people, so I think we can get to places quickly and we can get places safely and and also i I think the another real, real big factor that that my you know that Parnelli does for me is that it's really nice to have in a social environment. I think there are a lot of obstacles that I face being blind in a social setting because people don't really know how to approach you or or talk to you, and I think meeting people or you know, meeting girls in my case as well. You know, I think, I, you know, having a dog is a great icebreaker. People will come up to you and talk to you about your dog, and, and I think there's, you know, it's really nice to have in a social setting as well because it kind of breaks the ice between, you know, me being a disabled blind person and, and the public kind of not only what to say to you or how to approach you, the dog is a real easy way to start a conversation, and then, you know, you can kind of take it from there. So I think both the social aspect as well as the guiding aspect and the working aspect of a dog are great, plus, I think people forget that, you know, when Parnelli's working and he has his harness on, he's out working and and he's happy and has a purpose in life. He loves that. But when I get home, he has, and take the harness off. He's an amazing companion and pet as well. He has toys and chew toys and bones and he can, you know, kind of be a normal dog and, and really kind of experience that part as well. So I think the The three main factors in having a guide dog are both, you know, the guiding aspect, which which gives them a purpose. And when I pick up the harness and probably dives through it, he's so excited to go out each day. And then the social aspect of meeting people and then also the, the pet aspect of having a great, amazing pet when you get home as well.
1: Wow. Well, that says it all, David. Thank you so much for being with us and for sharing your experience and, and the incredible relationship that you and Parnelli have. It's so wonderful. And, and congratulations on being one of Guide Dogs for the Blind's amazing um, recipients of Natural Balances Award. We're really thankful and proud for you that you guys are getting the recognition that you deserve as one of the top human K-19 who make us believe. It's awesome. So thanks congratulations.
2: So really, oh, thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me.
1: Yeah, well, we hope you'll come back and tell us more about your travels and adventures with Parnelli because we can only imagine what you guys are going to do next.
2: <laughs> Anytime. Yep, I, I challenge myself to new, new things all the time. So... I'll
1: have some new stories for you next time. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And thank you, our listeners, for being with us today. We love that you join us. And we love to hear from you. So please keep those emails coming. And you can contact us at Marcy M-A-R-C-I-E, at PetLifeRadio.com. And you can also follow Working Like Dogs on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And as I said earlier, we will continue to be sharing photos on Instagram from Guide Dogs for the Blind of all the recipients of Natural Balance Honors for the top human canine teams who make us believe throughout the entire month as we're celebrating National Guide Dog Month. So thanks so much for being with us, and we hope you'll join us again soon. Take good care.
0: Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.